From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Big and Wild Outdoors, live and in person, here in the studios at the Beasley Broadcasting Network, the conglomeration that it is. Beautiful, blustery Saturday morning. Welcome, everybody. I'm Braden Gunn. There's Jonathan Swindle. There's Bill George and Diego, who showed up looking what? like he was going to a hockey game up in New Jersey somewhere. What was my favorite NFL as the cold wind blew across the field? Frozen Tundra. Yeah. <laughs> Frozen Tundra of the Beasley Broadcasting Network. Yeah, it's uh, quite blustery out today. Thank you for the wind. That that seems to be the deciding factor. But other than that, it feels dry. It feels nice. And my air conditioner is not on. Your air conditioner is not on. No. Uh-uh. Take that, Florida Power. Or what do they call themselves now? Duke Energy? Where are you at? Yeah. <laughs> St. Pete? Uh Thank you. You're on, yeah, you're on Duke's grid. Yeah, yeah. So take that, Duke Energy. They'll get it back during the summer, I'm sure. Yeah. The people that are the Duke people listening to the show right now are like, just settle down there, Chance. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll be back around in a month or so. Yeah, yeah. For now, it's me just shaking my fist at the 13 footer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I take that, you stupid Gator. Yeah, it'll be good. But no, it's going to be a beautiful day out there. Uh, you turkey. People who are out there scouting and all that stuff, my suggestion would be uh, check the fields. Check the fields. Check the fields. Yeah, check the fields. Go down in the swamp bottoms. Get away from the wind. Yep. They like those places as well, but most of the time, uh, my experience, maybe yours is different. My experience has been turkeys don't like things moving around them a lot that they don't know what's going on. So right. where they can get out in wide open in spaces. In that wide open pasture where they can see 360 degrees. They're out there in that middle of that pasture. Yards. That one lone oak tree out in the middle of a field somewhere. Yep. They're all hanging underneath there going, yeah, I see everything out here. I'm good. I can see everything. Everything is all good. Nobody's sneaking up on me. Go ahead, Coyote. Come on. Yeah. I see you. Oh, yeah. Right there sneaking along the edge. So, uh, But swamp bottoms are a good spot as well as long as they're the fallen open Type areas, yeah, I would agree. I would concur. Get out of the wind. Not so much stuff moving around down there in the bottoms. Yeah, it's all nice. But my God, if it was the coldest, cold as it was this morning, and the wind was laid down, be a nice day to be outside. They would you'd be screaming. Not to be a good day on the you, water the, too much, but a buddy of mine. Well, you got to arrange it one year. We need to turn around and go up. He wants to go up on a nice, calm day, and we put a hot air balloon up in the air, and we get over the woods and see how many turkeys we can hear from a hot air balloon. Uh, it's it, You know what? <clears throat> By the way, the balloon festival was last weekend, or this past, yeah, last weekend. That's when you get a good deal. <coughs> they couldn't go up. It was too windy. Yep. But I know my daughter went there and said they were beautiful, but nobody could go up. I went up in the Turner balloon, went across I-4. I started there over there at the Balloon Fest. And uh, one year for the morning show, I jumped in there with the short hop broadcasting equipment and 
off we went to about 300 feet. You would think you'd be able to hear everything. It is so dead quiet up there, and you can't even hardly hear the cars going underneath you uh, on I-4. And uh, you'd have to be extremely low to be able to hear the turkeys. Plus, with your big old ginormous balloon coming over. Yeah. (laughs) When the heat goes on, you're not going to hear a squat. We wouldn't hear nothing. My guy, my guy has turned around and come in on a turkey from over a mile away goblin. With a hot air balloon? No, no. But just across the ground, homed in on my turkey. And uh, <laughs> come up there the next day, I sat with him and he killed it. But, you know. Was that a coyote? No. no. Oh. It, was a, it was a gobbler. I had been hunting them, but I, I wasn't doing very good. I was... Working to get homed in, he came in, scouted it, figured him out, and uh, next morning he pitched down and dived to us. But stole uh, that bird right out from underneath you, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good friend. Yeah. Well, well speaking of good, a- speaking of good friends, uh, did you and uh, the gentleman that I spoke to this week? Did you guys chit chat on the telephone? Uh, yes, yeah, so he t- he gave me a call the other day. I gave him a little bit of information. You guys going to go meet somewhere at Denny's and braid each other's hair and things like well, that? He's g- I gave him some information on the the management area system and where he could possibly go. And Well, I did that. And uh, I told him, I said, you know, <laughs> go out there, take a ride around, and tell me what you see, and I'll, I'll give you some advice based upon what you heard. Jeez, okay there, Mr. Minagi. Well... Miyagi. Miyagi, whatever, yeah. You go, look around, see what you see. I come wax back. Wax on, wax off. Yeah, well, I'll show you what you're doing wrong. Well, it was not, a fellow Pennsylvania. you're doing wrong, but I have like a lot of years on the turf over there. And yes, so, you do. You know. Well, I, that's why I sent him your way, because he came into G5 and he was asking about turkey hunting and stuff, and I gave him some of my, uh, my recommendations, and I said, or... You could go meet up at the uh, Bill George Boys Camp out there in the middle of... Uh, There's <laughs> girls at our camp, too. Whatever you call them. And uh, they'll be out there, and uh, I called Bill and said, uh, this guy's a fellow Pennsylvanian, so he's looking for some places to go to. So you're like, yeah, give my number. We'll call, and we'll see what goes on. Well, I was on the... When he called, I was on the phone with another person from Pennsylvania, <laughs> and I'm like... Bill George speaking. Do, yeah. do you have anybody Bill else George. in your company? I was dealing with the company. I said, do you have anybody else in your company from this town? Because I'm getting a call from this number. They're like, no. So I ended up switching over to it, and it was him. So Oh, good for you. So it was... It was <clears> what was your recommendations? I want to see if yours jibe up with mine. Besides well, Green Swamp West, what else? What well, other great information did you Green give Swamp this newbie? West, Green Swamp West is a special opportunity hunt. If you don't have a permit for it now, you're not getting a permit. Richland and Green Swamp for the first Richland for the first nine days is quota. You could still potentially pick up a quota on what we call the redraw process. Um, you can go out there to myfwc.com, go to the hunting license, go to spe- uh, quota hunts and apply for reissues and have an option there. The other option is Green Swamp, which is only a quota for the first two days, where Richland's the first nine days. So after the first two days, anybody can go out there and hunt Green Swamp. And so I recommended, because he's new to that system, do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody could also go to a place that has no quotas, which is 
the Kissimmee Chain of Lakes area. You can go out there and hunt, but you you need a boat. Yeah. So those were your recommendations. That's what you said to him. Yeah. Well, those are not too bad for mine. I said Upper, upper Hillsboro, Three Lakes. I said uh, I said uh, Upper Hillsboro would be a good spot. Croon would be a good well, spot. I turned around. The first two weeks, the Upper Hillsboro's a the draw hunt, and then it opens up. Well, they or, have they have uh, some weekday hunts you can get yeah. in there. It's mm-hmm. not weekends. I said if you have the ability to hunt weekdays, I said Upper Hillsboro. I think Hillsboro's, he does. I think he was uh, Upper Hillsboro's a good place. It's it's historically been good, but it's it's a weekday hunt, so it throws a lot of people off. I told him that. I said there are some restrictions to that place because. Uh, they changed a lot of rules on that little plot of land up there because of the, somehow when people moved in next door and they started building houses, all of a sudden everything changed. So it's a little bit different up there where yeah, than exactly. it used to be. Uh, it used to be really nice, but, uh, I think I, I mentioned, uh, Rich Loam as well. And then, uh, Kroom, uh, was another good place in the upper end of it up there. Um, not really the motorcycle area, but I know some people, hey. They they're successful there on the other side of it. So, <clears throat> I know some people who are very successful at deer hunting in the motorcycle area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They think they're safe. They think they're safe. <laughs> they think they're safe in there. There's gonna be no deer in there. Guys driving like crazy people in there. Uh huh. Whatever. Deer standing over in the bush looking at the motorcycles go by. I said if you can find private land in certain areas, Zoffalo Springs, Zona, anywhere close to the Kissimmee Chain or Lake Wales area, down all the way through. If there's water and woods along the edge, that's a good spot. Yeah. <laughs> go give it, a, give it a shot. You know. Uh, don't go stand out in the middle of the prairies of Venus, you know, surrounded by uh Well, that's palmettos. why I said Three Lakes, because that's always been a good place for us, is just go down there and get as close as you can to the lake or anything like that. And so he's all good? He's all set? That's all good, man. Well, he's going to go out, and I told him once he went out and took a ride around a few places, it's hard to tell somebody where to go yeah. if they've never been on the property before. That's true. So... You got to spend some time scouting. Around. So you at least need to get in there, learn the names of a couple roads, and and take your GPS. Yeah, yeah. Once you get once you get a few things like that taken in, there's turkeys in every part of Green Swamp and Richlam and everything else. So. That's true. And there's chickens over at G5. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We are brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford and our good friends over at G5 Feeding Outdoors. We'll take a fast break, you guys, and we'll be right back. Stay right there. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Jonathan, and Bill George. Yes, you're tuned in to the right station. Dude, how long has it been since you heard that song? That is an awesome song. <laughs> Can you even um, name the group? Come on. Come on. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Are you talking to me or Bill? Come on, radio guys. Anybody. Uh, that's a big negative there, boss. I think that's the first time I've heard that song. Come on, man. You know oh, wait a minute. Okay, now I recognize it. Wall of Voodoo. Yeah. <clears throat> Wall of Voodoo, Mexican radio. 
God, you guys must have lived in the closet in the 80s. No, nah, I recognize it now. <laughs> no, in the 80s, I was more country. You were drunk what? I was country. <laughs> yeah. You were country yeah, yeah, I was, was about cool. to say, I was re- you, in the 80s, I was riding around in uh, Big Lair's flatbed truck around a strawberry field, so trust me. Uh, <laughs> there Mexican, was lots of country there, Mexican rate, yeah, it was more of a 99, definitely a 99.5 kind of <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you were, you were Barbara Mandrell in the country before country was cool. Yes, yes. That's, yeah. that's definitely me. Well, with this cold weather and uh, the blustery wind, as you probably have seen through your social media account, uh, I'm going to bring it up again this week. I don't know after, before summertime, if there will be a sheep's head left anywhere within the west coast of Florida. They're going to have to put more restrictions I on I think them. they're going to have to put some restrictions on the sheep's head harvesting for sure because everybody and their bro- People that didn't even know that sheep's head existed are Thank you. are standing there holding sheep's head. Thank you. All I, all I can say is for all the bow fishermen out there to all of you other people, you know, let's just start dividing up the fishing world like we do the hunting world. You got, you know, you've got your bow fishers, you've got your spear fishers, you've got your your commercial guys, you've got your, you know, guides, you've got your other people. Let's just do that like we do in the hunt world and get everybody all divided up and then that way yeah. it makes it, you know. So what, we all get what, in. What? What? I'm it's just, it's not. I'm just letting you go. Yeah, you're you're giving me that look. You, I, I'm giving you the rope. Is you're giving me, you're giving me giving the, the rope. <laughs> That's called rope, Jonathan. Don't fall for it, man. No, I'm just saying that uh, it's it's amazing how uh, you hear this all the time that uh, you know the road paved with good intentions. You know where that usually leads, and so when they do things like this snook closure and the redfish closure and all the other stuff. Bill George, I think, pointed it out uh, before when they were even talking about this over a year ago. He goes, you watch. He goes, you'll see triptal numbers declining. Any fish species that you can keep, the numbers will be declining. And then what is the FWC going to do then? Well, this is the whole thing that if you turn around and you look, they extended closures way beyond where there was any issues because, exactly. you know, you need to go and – if you can't catch trout here, you're going to go up there and catch them, and then that's going to put an overburden on there. And and so we keep moving the line, and but it's really those people aren't driving all the way up there. Some would, but they're going to turn around and hit whatever they can hit here hard, and yeah. that's what they're doing. Yeah, and then, I mean, if you live here, you want to play here. And I know that it's great to be able to uh, run around someplace new every once in a while, but uh, you know, not everybody that lives in the Tampa Bay area or Polk County or Polk City or out in the middle of uh, Lake Wales is going to go, you know what, I feel like going down to Chuckalusky. Let's get in the old truck and head down there and catch some snook. Well, first of you know, all. Or, or go head to the East Coast and go fish Sebastian Inlet or something. You, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. What size is your boat? My boat is actually uh, size, what? Eleven depends on the shoe I'm wearing. Okay, those are the only boat I have. So you're 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 what we call a wade fisherman, and you you turn around, take the car the car, and go wherever you need to go, and grab your fishing pole, and you go out and wherever you can walk to or swim to is where you're fishing, right? Yep, pretty much. And so, if you wanted to go up, let's say to Steinahatchee, where can you walk out and fish? There's um, there's a couple of spots. I mean, it's going to be rough. That coastline isn't as friendly as coming over here off of Ford Street 
or some of these other places and just getting out and walking and going and no you're going to start your swim from a boat ramp somewhere back in the middle of yeah, nowhere yeah so, uh, and leave your truck there uh, parked there precariously uh, wondering so, the whole time you're fishing was is that the sound of glass is that yeah. glass did you hear glass break okay I don't know if I heard that. It's so so <laughs> you're not going to be enjoying your fish fest very. You're much. not traveling long distances to get out and wade fish or do anything. You're going to be here. You're going to go off a bridge, off a pier, off of something, uh, some place where you can park and walk. Uh, so so yeah. If I could, if there was a spot in Florida where I could wade out to my hips and throw uh, a. Uh, a steel shad out there and be bringing in some nice Dorados from, from shore, Yeah, I would make the drive. Sure, why not? I mean, if it was something like that, but if it's for snook, trout, or redfish, something I should be able to get right there, well, you, you know, right up the it. street, and then take it home and put it in a frying pan or whatever, you know. I'm just saying that it's what you said before what it would be. It puts a lot more pressure on other fish that – People didn't even know existed or had no want, didn't want any part of them, uh, you know, a year ago. No part of them. I have no desire to go out and sit there all day and uh, throw a fiddler crab or uh, pieces of shrimp out there to go hook off some, uh, you know, sheep's head or anything. Yeah. Or great barnacles. I am, all not, that. A, snapper or any I am of that. not an expert at catching sheep head, but I understand that there's a little technique of waiting for the just the right bite and... Knowing when to set well, the hook. And, well, it's well just but like you hit on one of my else. favorites. Mangrove snapper is another one that it's like I, I always loved mangroves because to me, mangroves were it's just like the panfish challenge. Mangroves to me were the panfish of saltwater. That's pinfish for me. But. Well, but you know what I'm saying though. <laughs> yeah. They were always that was always probably and honestly the easiest fish that you could target that once you found them. You were in a school of them, and yeah. I'm not saying you weren't. You, we would catch them hand size, and I had a couple places out by the Skyway Bridge that I'm not going to say. I, well, I'm not telling you where. I'm just well, saying it's pretty it's narrowed down. It's only a few miles wide. Well, but that's what that's just. You got to be in that one right spot. Uh -huh. But there's a couple spots I had there to where we'd catch mangroves 16, 18 inches long. I mean, yeah. and that's. Good eating right there. Well, I was just going to tell everybody that if you're out there, just don't be uh, shocked and amazed when uh, all of a sudden the uh, sheep's head ruling starts to be uh, switched up and changed up as well. Yeah. I'm just saying that there, there's the way that the uh, commission now uses social media to catch bad guys and, and everything else like that. Trust me, they are perusing. They are looking at pictures. They are looking at posts. They are in the fishing groups. They are all over the place looking at that. And when they see tons and tons and tons and tons of of a, spurt, of a particular species being taken out of a, a pretty condensed location here in the West Coast, where it'd be Tampa Bay, whether it be just offshore uh, on the West Coast or off of Gandy or whatever it is, they take notice of that. And those little notes get taken down and they get handed off to bureaucrats who go, well, that looks like an awful lot of fish. Maybe we ought to uh, get a biologist to go and uh, start counting them up in all the pictures and then uh, do a, uh, a harvest report based on uh, their experience and what they've witnessed. Oh, no. And there then, wasn't as many as there was last week, so we got to stop it. That's true. Yeah, every week, every day that passes, it's less and less. Less and less. What what did I re I read an article the other day that made me think of you and that guy was talking about <laughs> who which one Bill, think of who? Let's talk about our Bill it okay, was uh, that gummit 
It was the guy called it feeling biology. And that's feeling what biology. feeling biology. Oh, he said that's, that's the worse. problem with a lot of the and I'm trying I will look it, I'll look it, for the article. In, in my high school that was sex ed. Well, but no, not what? that stop. Stop. <laughs> feelings. Like feelings. Happy, oh. sad, that kind okay. of stop. Making processes this is and a making fa- this decisions is a family on, show ba- based, based on, on feelings. feelings, which is never a good thing. Because the guy w- and the guy called it that, but it was an article. Actually, sorry, it was an article about the wolves and all the stuff that's going on with the wolves out west and everything else. What's going on with the wolves? Uh, they're killing everything. Yeah, they're eating a lot of stuff. And you know, that's their job. Do. Yeah, no, but yeah, but that, is our, that not their job? That's their job. But okay. our job is to adequately manage the wolves to where they don't wipe everything out and you know then we have the wolves turn into the new coyote and god help us all if that happens um, what's wrong with the coyote uh quit poking the bear have you dude. seen the lack of house cats around did, did you see <laughs> oh and that's a complaint no, I'm not saying that's a complaint. I'm just if, saying it, you're it's talking not about a house cat if it's not in the house. Okay, but that's I'm just true. saying it's it's breakfast. They, it's they're, feral. You got Cody's running at kids. I don't want wolves running at kids because a wolf knows what to do. <laughs> just yeah. gonna believe it. And, and they don't walk around by themselves. Yeah, there's always somebody goes. Hey, found one. Come over. Hey, rest of you guys, get over here. Yeah, yeah, and then it turns into a real bar fight. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild. We're here for fun, man. Are you okay? Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by our good friends over at G5 Feeding Outdoors. Got a lot of great deals going on over there today. Get over there and see it before they're all gone. Uh, 13 Fishing, Shimano, all that stuff is all got there. Good good stuff. Uh, We're also brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Love those dudes. Go see them today. We'll be back. Welcome back. Big and Wild Outdoors. Jonathan, Braden, Bill. Braden's got a mouthful of bacon, egg, and cheese, so that's no, why. No, I don't. Why does he wait till right before? Who? Who's he? I, I, Who are you speaking of? I wanted to hear the docile tones of the uh, Jonathan's soothing radio voice when he comes back. I'm pretty harsh when I what come What month up. is she? I don't know. <laughs> what are you looking at over here on your computer? Well, I was looking at our page, and then over <clears> on the side, I went over to the group page, and I looked over, and it's got the something Florida boat motor parts, and of course, you got to put some bikini chick on there to sell motorboat what motorboat parts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wouldn't it wouldn't sell anything if it just had some dude there, you know, standing there going, "Got great stuff over here." This is an efficient motor. <laughs> yeah, really. Buggy buggy to buggy. Gas mileage is great. I'm sure it is. Well, anyway, welcome back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Night. That's I know. They're slaying crappies right now, man. I'm telling you. Uh, we've we've sold the credit out of crappie jigs and everything else. I tell you what, you'll learn more great fishing techniques from crappie fishermen than from anybody else, I think, on the mm-hmm. planet. Besides bass fishermen. But the most uh, I, innovative, stupid, crazy mix up, mash up things that they try to catch crappie with yeah. is 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 amazing to I me. I go back to days when I was listening to you and Glenn talk. About some old timer stuff, and one was putting minnows in a glass jar. And Dude, they swear by that. Take a gallon uh, pickle jar and poke holes in it, put a bunch of minnows in there, and lower it in the water. Yep, it's perfectly legal. 
bring them into the boat. Freshwater chum. Yeah, they just sit there, you know, knocking around on that, that big ball of minnows right there, of course. I'm going to get you. Brings that, them all in. That's a clear bait bucket. Yeah. It, it could be. Sure, why not? <laughs> and then that way you leave them in. Some old guy called in on that and said uh, he doesn't know if they give off a pheromone or it's a panic sound or yeah. all those minnows banging into the glass or whatever it is or uh, the scent that comes out of there. But, man, he goes, man, it brings them in like crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I was looking at all, Lowell Johnson. All the above. Lowell, you know, Lowell comes into uh, G5 every once in a while and comes in. Of course, he's the uh, Dr. Croppy. He, he uh, comes in all the time and uh, says hi and shows off pictures. But, man, he's out every night, and he's he's kicking the booty out of him, man, I'm telling you. And I, I always tell him, man, just bring me one good bag of fillets. That's all I want. One bag of fillets. You, you and my mama get along real good, dude. I that's if I had to eat. Well, yeah, freshwater. If I had to eat one fish, one fish only for the rest of my life, that would be it right there. Mm-hmm. If it Specs. was saltwater, it would be the red snapper. But otherwise, those would be the two separate duality ones. What are you looking at? I'm trying to figure out all the different dates. Oh yeah, because you know, Mister Pennsylvania is going to be heading out uh, to go turkey hunting when. Uh, Beginning of May and end of May. When are you, well, when are you booking well, out of here? That's the Pennsylvania trip. That's what I said. Jet flying. Woo! Over here. <laughs> Pay attention. Yes. Well, it starts here March 21st in Florida. Yes, so you does. won't be here for that weekend? But that weekend, that weekend, I weekend I will not be here. This side of the 70, <laughs> Wait, Highway be... 70, is this weekend of the 14th. And, are you Are you going to be gone, too? No. Oh. So that's, that's the day of the Beast Feast or the weekend of the Beast Feast. Mm-hmm. The 21st. Oh, that's right. You weren't there last year because of that. I have not so, made a beast feast yet because. That's your fault. Yes, it is my fault. Yeah. You know, but they I, got turkeys out there, too. You, you Just offer, so happens we're selling a turkey. One sure, out. come on up. Go, go. Shoot one. Do what you got to do. Whoa, I would whoa, talk whoa, to the. I would whoa, talk. Whoa. What? Whoa. Back up. Just slow, slow your roll. Slow your roll. He asked me if I said yes. And I went, sure. Go yeah, ahead. There's go one. He can come out and purchase turkey hunt if he wants to. There you go. See, it's all good. Now, you may want to talk to some other people out there, property owners, but as for me, psh, hey, man, go get one. I know where there's a bunch of them hanging out right now. Everywhere I, over there. I give you, put you in a golf cart, and we go walk by them, and they give you the, they flip you the bird, and you go, hey, what's up? You ain't going to do nothing. I saw somebody posted one strutting in the middle of a subdivision street. Just the other day here in Palm Harbor area. Gobbling uh, like a son of a gun. My uh, <laughs> my buddy, uh, of course, a uh, friend of the show for a thousand years, Spicoli, used to, uh, he, you know, he does pool stuff. So he's always back there. And, I mean, this time of year, he'd send me at least two or three videos. Look what I got around here coming to visit. And it'd be like some big old Tom Turkey or a bunch of hens coming through or whatever, man. What y'all doing yeah. over here? Yeah, in, in the middle of these, you know, suburban neighborhoods. You know, Mr. Uh, Giant Nut Dragger, he's all over there. Hey, what's up? <laughs> you know, and he's like, go, 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 get out of here. Quit pooping on the thing. I'm trying to clean everything. <laughs> Turkeys are all hanging out there like uh, geese around Cincinnati. You're in my neighborhood, boy. What you telling uh, me to go? <laughs> yeah, it was crazy talk. But no. So the Beast Feast is coming up on the 21st First. And then of this month. I know I was trying to get the, the date for the Tenorock Fishing Derby in, in here. In my mind, uh, but Fishhawk Sporting Clays, which we've done quite a few years here, is coming up on April 25th. That's a little bit of a month away. So, 
too much. Too what? much stuff. What do you mean? Too much. Too much stuff going on. What's it? What? Wait. What? What's it? Fish spring for? Spring forward. That, the the my annual. Let's see whose gun I can borrow and beat them with. Tournament. Oh, here we go. I don't know who's that even for. What's that for? I don't even Trinity know. Trinity Sportsman. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, here the Trinity Sportsman's go. clay shoot at Fishhawk. Yeah. And so you've agreed that we're broadcasting live from there. I don't well, know. Well, we have that. in the years past. Oh, we have in years past. Yeah, sure. Well, and uh, we got a lot of stuff, but the Beast Feast is the one coming up in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 21st, so we invite you to come out there for sure. Bill George will not be there. It'll be just me and Jonathan and... Well, no, that's one that Carlos kids. went to go to a couple of years ago and hauled his son Eric over there, got all the way over there, and then y'all weren't there. <laughs> no, they weren't there. I was there, but we just didn't broadcast from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, it Car- was it was all good, and that's what I laughed and told him. I'm like, well, at least you ate good and all that. But it was a good breakfast. I will say that that's a good breakfast. But if it's uh, something that you'd like to attend, I would say go online. Go to what is it? My uh, uh, Beast Feast is online. Um, you can look it up online. They have tickets there. If you're at the festival, you can go by the FFA trailer there across from the livestock building. They've got raffle tickets. Uh, well, you better hurry guns. up. There's only like I a week mean, left, right? No, you get to the, all the way up to the day of. No, I'm talking about the Strawberry Festival. Is oh, that yeah, what you're you, talking about? Yes, you got two days left. Yeah, day and tomorrow. Day and tomorrow. So. Bill, you gonna go? You gonna come out to the Beast Feast or no? Bill, no, I'm not sure yet. Well, uh, thanks for calling. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to tell you this happened here in Seminole, right up the road on Park Boulevard. A lady here about three weeks ago, almost a month ago. Got up one morning to uh, walk her dog at 5.30 in the morning. When she left the house walking her dog, three coyotes attacked her, jumped her. Nice. Where the dog. Uh, Seminole. Uh-huh. And luckily she didn't get hurt that, you know, uh, where she had to have rabies shots or anything. And the dog got a little nick on the side of the neck, but I was kind of, Surprised that the coyotes would be in Seminole, but they're all they're over all the place. Over, apparently, well, some of them yeah. MS thirteen coyotes. Yep. They're all yep. they're over here. They're over here, uh, in between Fourth and Ninth Street here, where this radio station is, and everything else. I mean, they're they're all over the place. They 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 were putting brochures in people's mailboxes a while, a couple years ago. Yeah, all about living and how to cohabitate with the coyotes, living pepper in spray. harmony with the coyotes here in the urban. Uh, it's called setting. pepper spray. Uh, well, I know how to do that, but I would get in trouble for fire, uh, firing my rifle at them. So I... <laughs> you got a bow? What are you talking about? You got a bow? Yeah, Use the you're bow. right. I can shoot them with a bow, too. Yeah. yeah, but you know what I was going to say? If little old Mrs. Jenkins was out there with uh, Fluffy walking down the street and and uh, two of them decided, two or three of them decided to jump her, I don't know anybody, any jury in the world that's going to convict a little old lady who decided to pop off about 15 break rounds out, of Break out the, th- the 38 snub nose and start... Doing some work. 380, 22 <laughs> exactly. mag pistol, whatever it is. I mean, uh, they get their attention. You know, when they hear old lady Jenkins out there pop, pop, popping them off, and there's, you know, <laughs> three dead coyotes laying there. Okay. So I move do along. Know there's, a, a, there's three coyotes running around Seminole. Yeah, that's three that you know of. Yeah, <laughs> three right that I know of, correct. Yeah, because the other ones, I'm telling you, not too far from this building, 
if my windows are open at night, I got a little woodsy area in the back of my house and a big ditch. And I know when they got a new cat out of the neighborhood because they started announcing it to all the pups and everybody else. And it just turns into a huge party. It's like, oh, yeah. yay, well, yay, yay, McDonald's. Let, let me tell you where we are in society right now. Not too long ago, down there in South Florida, they turned around, rescued a coyote that was swimming out in a um, marina area where the cruise ships and that come in. That's true. Pulled it out of the water. It got transferred to somebody within the FWC who took it out and dispatched it. And, oh, my gosh, they got in such a backlash for putting down a coyote. Well, you saw what happened to the one up in Chicago. Oh, the yeah. one that bit the kid. They rehabbed and, uh, that one. And they rehabbed it and turned, <laughs> turned it loose. It's like, it's like oh, oh, okay, sure, why not? Yeah. You know, just, we're, just we're, let the predator go again out in the streets. You know, kind of like our justice system these days. Maybe they learn that. A from them. coyote is not a you know native species to here. It did turn around and kind of grow into this state more than it was here historically. You know, we got pythons. We got to eradicate them. Lionfish. We got to eradicate them. But coyotes, fur. Arm yourself, Bill. Yeah, yeah. Go but. get a predator call and let's start calling them in and seeing Dude. how many we could get. That would be awesome. Yeah, no, you know, because I just want to let you know what the lady found that, you know, told me that it just surprised that uh, surprised her about three coyotes jumping her, but they were sure about that. Well, yeah. she would have surprised those coyotes if she had a little Ruger LCP 22 mag, so I say go get one today. Bill, we got to take a break, man. All right. Have a great day. You Thank too, you. brother. You too, sir. Thank you Bye-bye. so much for calling. If you got a call, you 888 888-404-1010, 888-404-1010. Are you all right over there, Bill George? You okay? Just knock over your. Uh, <laughs> Just you okay? to go to break. Brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. We need to. Are you okay? You need me to call I'm an ambulance? Just fine. Welcome back, everybody. It is the uh, Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Jonathan, Bill, George, or what? and uh, Diego. What? Did you request this stuff today or what? You didn't request what stuff? The, like... Diego's just in a mood, man. 80s on 8. He's, some, he's in a mood today. I love how he knows. He knows <laughs> what? He automatically knows that you requested all this music. <laughs> gotcha. all this music. I didn't request anything. I just texted him a nice uh, little uh, suggestion list. That's all. <clears throat> That's all. It's all good. Uh, Bill George, for some reason, left the studio. So now's your chance to call. Hurry. 888-404-1010. 888-404-1010. You might be able to get a word in edgewise. That's right. Now's the time to call. Call it now. Call quickly. But let's talk about him while he's not here. You know, there's a big thing up in Pennsylvania. I didn't know this. Did you know this? I knew it when I went to Missouri, but I didn't know it was anywhere else. You know what purple paint around a tree means, right? Do you know what it means? Not a clue. If you were driving through the woods and you're going down a road and you're sitting there and you see a nice little block of woods over there and you're like, man, I bet that'd be a good spot to go, you know, park the car and go see if we can't do anything in there. So you you see purple around a tree. Well, the first time I ever saw that, 
The only time I ever saw trees marked with paint was for what? One reason only. Uh, either cut or cut. no cut. Yeah, cut them or cut them out or cull them out. That's the way it was yeah. going to be. I didn't know that until the first year that I ever went to hunt outside of the state and went to Missouri. And I was talking to my boy Jeffrey Scott, and I was like, what are all these uh, purple? Man, they're going to cut all those trees out of there right there next to the road? And he goes, no, man, it's purple paint. And I was like, yeah, I know that, but what, is that, what does that mean? That's a way of saying no hunting. It's a no hunting area. Hmm. If you just purple paint around a, a, uh, a tree, it's supposed to keep everybody out. And it's an alternative to going out there and just putting signs everywhere posted or whatever. Posted signs everywhere. Yeah, posted signs or whatever. So I didn't know this, but <laughs> Rust-Oleum actually makes a paint specifically for that job. No, that's smart. It's actually called No Hunting Purple. <laughs> I didn't even know that they actually, a paint existed for just such an occasion. There's probably some animal rights people that have their house painted in that color. Um, well, if they live in Florida, you know they do because there's some pretty wacky colors in, on houses, in, <laughs> especially in Pinellas County. But I didn't know. I, I just thought to myself, I thought that was pretty funny. Pretty funny that somewhere in the marketing firm, somewhere they learned that we are selling a lot of purple paint outside of Missouri, outside of Bolivar. Why are we selling so much purple paint? And somebody somewhere, some distributor somewhere said the reason why is because they put it around the trees. Well, then let's uh, target those guys. Let's yeah. make no hunting purple. Yeah. And so Rust-Oleum came out with the no hunting purple. Which, which is I smart. Thought. I mean, that's smart because you can only hang up so many signs in so many different directions. And it's real hard for somebody when you catch them where they're not supposed to be to say, oh, well, I didn't see that sign. Uh Hey, genius, you see that tree over there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's got a purple ring, 360 degrees. Yeah. All, the way all around. around it. No excuse. But now, uh, the reason, <laughs> I brought, smart. reason I brought it up is because just recently, I didn't know that there'd have to be a law that, that states the reason for the purple paint. But since Bill George is over next door uh, having a chit chat about uh, bath towels with Diego, are, are you coming back into the studio anytime soon? Let's see how long it takes for them to hear. No, no, he's not paying any attention. Anytime oh, soon? Oh, well, here, here he comes. Anytime soon? Anytime? Are here you he comes. Back? Okay. Okay, now that we've had five, uh, wait, I'm sorry, eight minutes of dead air, now that Bill George is back in here. And, uh, did you, you know that You they, might not have had dead air, but you had un not as entertaining of air. Did wow. You, did you know that recently up in your- uh, I love you too. Your <laughs> place of birth up in Pennsylvania- that they just recently signed a bill that says that you can now use purple paint as yes. an indicator for yes. a, a... Now, why would you have to go and have a state law that states that purple paint means that you can't hunt there when any other state that uses purple paint, that's a pretty much a given. People know that. Well, Pennsylvania used to have the rule for posting your land, and it was actually a deterrent to post your land was that the land had to be posted with posted signs, of which had to have various information on it and a signature on each one of the signs. What? Indicating that you were posting your property to close it to hunting. Yep. And so that 
that was a little cumbersome on people and went all of a sudden. I would think so. Yes. And so exactly my point earlier. I mean, that's uh, you got to sign it, put your own signature on all that stuff. So that that way it's legal or that way it's from you. Yes. And uh, that way you go, look, my signature is on this sign. I warned you. Listen, there has been many people who have posted land that's not theirs. To deter people from hunting. Oh, I'm not saying I would sneaky. ever do such a thing. Well, why couldn't you do the same thing with purple paint? Now it doesn't you even could. require a signature. You could. You know, to keep everybody out, even you though could. it's it's perfectly legal to hunt there. So That's why it's so important to do your homework, especially on public land. So in, in Pennsylvania, yes, they did recently pass that, and that actually makes it easier on the landowner and easier to maintain over years to come and just put this purple lines on trees well you know that rustoleum we uh, we pointed out you weren't in the room but rustoleum actually makes a no hunting purple specifically for would, that job i would love for florida to do something like that because it'd be a whole lot easier for me to get my property lines <laughs> i like texas as florida law. you don't need a fence no i know that florida I'm, you come trespass on your property it don't matter if there's a fence or not that's well, no, Florida's I'm not saying not the fence. On it's not the fence part is what I said. Is I'm agreeing with what you said about the posted signs and all that. It'd be a whole lot easier if you could go down and have it a sign color that you spray on the tree. And like yeah, I told Braden, the whole thing I like about it is, is you get the whole thing, or I've heard, heard this happen to from guys like Nick and some other guys like that, that, well, I didn't see that posted sign. And it's like I laughed and told Braden. They're standing there saying that, hey, genius, look behind you. You see that tree over there? You see that purple ring? You don't all have the way to have it? a sign. No, you don't need a sign at all. It's, just, it's your job to know that you're on a legal piece of property. Well, yeah. here's, what, here's what the requirement is by the new law up in Pennsylvania, which basically is uh, once it's up there, that means no trespassing. Now, it doesn't – it means no trespassing, but it also it means no hunting in most cases. But – the stripes must be at least eight inches long and one inch wide. They should be placed anywhere between three and five feet above the ground. High level. And the law specifies posts should be no more than 100 feet apart along the property line. Uh, they also said that you can use uh, a tape. I guess they have a no hunting purple tape that you can wrap around a tree or whatever it is. But uh, most people go with the more permanent recognizable posting that doesn't need many maintenance. So basically taking a... Big can of Rust-Oleum no-hunting purple paint and around the tree a couple of times, which is a good idea. But, dude, if you own, like, 2,000 acres, that's a lot of trees, especially if they want it, like, every 100 feet or less than every 100 feet. Yeah. That's that's a lot of ground to cover, man. Um, It's not that much ground. That's a lot of trees to have to walk around. Every 50 feet, nice go around jump, it. Nice little walk in the woods. Yeah, sure. Yeah, pick up a few the, ticks. The tough part good. is surveying it to make sure you're posting on your, your yeah. trees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to be on your land and all that kind of good stuff. I, 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 I was telling Jonathan while you were in the other room that I didn't know what that meant until I went to Missouri and I asked. And they, Jeffrey Scott explained to me that that means no hunting or no trespassing on the property. So we don't have anything like that here. There's, you know, you put up signs. That's basically about it. Yeah, you I don't mean, need to put up a sign. Here. Yeah, well, that, and you if know, if you don't have permission to be on the property, you're in trouble. But sometimes, if it's not legally pointed out that that is private, how do you know? How do you know? It's your job to know. Yeah, 
you're paddling down, let's say, the uh, Alify River. Yeah. And it's an open bank. There's no fencing. And you're like, ah, you know, I'll just pull over here and... Look, there's a few squirrels up in the tree. Pop a couple of them there while I'm floating down. If you're in the sovereign submerged lands paddling and you want to pull up to the bank, you're perfectly legal. But if I want to walk into that little uh, oak hammock Now, right if you're walking uh, now, into an oak hammock, now you're you in trouble. Now, if you foot on dry that's ground. Not, yeah, yeah. That's, that, oak hammocks generally are not sovereign submerged lands. So now I'm committed to felony of third degree trespassing uh, with a yes, firearm. Trespass with the firearm. That sounds great. Well, you learn something new every day. But shoot them out of a tree from the kayak along the river. Pick them up. Not a problem. How are you going to pick them up if they like scramble off over to the Okamic and hey, die? Hey, uh, two. There's two words to solve this problem. Hunt stand app. Oh, that Onyx. does that does help. Onyx, Onyx too. Yeah. Too, yeah. All right, we're going to take a real quick one. Top of the hour. Hour number two is right around the corner. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. I'm Brandon Mark.